Head coach Shane Beamer and some of the players on South Carolina's football team met with the media yesterday afternoon. And from those pressers, there were plenty of takeaways to be had. I'll be discussing all that today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen every single day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. Alrighty, y'all, so we are just 10 days away from South Carolina kicking off the 2022 football season against Georgia State. Fall camp is getting ready to wind down here over the coming days as the Gamecocks will slowly but surely start to go into a game prep type of mode where they will start preparing for their week one opponent, the Georgia State Panthers. So yesterday, Shane Beamer and a bunch of his players went to the podium and fielded some questions from some of the media who attended those press conferences. And there are plenty of interesting comments from some of these pressers. And I'll be diving into some of the main things that I noticed from the player pressers and Coach Beamer's press conference as well today. I'll be going over three main takeaways that I had, plus some of the injury notes. And at the end, I'll talk about some of the noted trends that I have started to see with these press conferences from fall camp. So that's going to be the roadmap for today's show. So let's go ahead and get on right into it. Starting off with a comment from Shane Beamer at his presser regarding the most recent saga between him and Kentucky head football coach Mark Stoops. Now, obviously, if you do not know what I'm talking about at this point, I did actually address this in one of my shows earlier this week. So I highly recommend that you go back and check out that show if you don't know what I'm talking about. But basically, but basically, Mark Stoops made a comment about the video that Shane Beamer and the social media team participated in back at SEC Media Days, making a comment about the sunglasses. And of course, everyone interpreted that to be a shot at Coach Shane Beamer. And there's been a little bit of back and forth since then. Not really directed at one another, but just both coaches you know, either directly or indirectly addressing the situation. This is the first time that Coach Beamer has fully addressed the comments that have been made by Coach Mark Stoops, and he decided to take the high road at least for the time being here. So here's the clip from the press conference of Shane Beamer discussing this whole situation. And also, have you talked with Mark Stoops since last week that whole thing happened? (laughs) Question two. You had to, like, the layup on the first one before you came in with that one, huh? I have not. Um... I have not talked to Coach Stoops, no. I um, saw what he saw the quote from SEC Media Days on Marty and McGee. I saw the statement that he made last week. Um, you know, I appreciate Coach Stoops saying that it wasn't directed at me. Uh, like I said on an interview the other day, we have great respect for uh, – I have great respect for Mark and his program and the Kentucky, the Kentucky program. Um, I know when the basketball coach at Kentucky – made the comment that he did about the football program that Mark said that he stays in his lane. So I can't imagine he would have gotten out of his lane to direct a shot at me. And uh, I said it the other day in an interview, Mark was very complimentary of 
our program before we played them last season. And in fact, two or three of his assistant coaches came up to me during pregame warmups last year to comment on the culture of our program and how impressed they were with it just from watching videos on social media and things like that. So I, uh, it is what it is, and uh, he's got his program to worry about, and I've got mine to worry about, but no, my respect for him is still, still high in, in that program as well. And that was Shane Beamer's comments on the entire situation between him and Coach Mark Stoops of Kentucky. So my main takeaway from Shane Beamer's comment here is he's going to play nice for now, but you better believe if the Gamecocks go on the field and win in October, he will have the last laugh. And the thing I want to note with these comments is this. Coach Shane Beamer is a very genuine guy. He is someone that obviously, as many people seem to describe him in that football operations center, is one of the nicest people that they know. He is someone that truly seems to treat everyone with respect, treats everybody the same, and really tries hard to leave a good impression on every single person that he runs into. But there is one thing that you should not do with Coach Shane Beamer, and that is make comments that can be interpreted as disparaging to his football program, especially the players. There have been some instances in the past where Shane Beamer both directly and indirectly sort of fired some shots at people who obviously maybe did not talk about South Carolina's football team in the most glowing manner. Obviously, there was a particular analyst from CBS Sports back in bowl season that Coach Shane Beamer had some poignant comments for regarding the whole Duke's male bowl bath that he took after that game because the analyst had apparently predicted South Carolina to go 2-10 in 2021. He sort of indirectly took a shot at SEC media circles at SEC media days earlier this summer where he took the podium and in his opening remarks, he talked about how this past year at this time, nobody was talking about South Carolina besides really the beat reporters from Columbia who covered the team for a living and that this year it was a little bit different this time around, that it seemed like people were really starting to notice what this team has going for it right now. So, to bottom line this whole thing, Coach Shane Beamer is somebody who is not going to take crap off of anyone if they take a shot at his football program. Again, whether it can be viewed to be distasteful or not, Coach Beamer doesn't care. He is not going to allow you to go after this team or this program or the culture that he has built. So, again, he's going to take the high road for now, but best believe, if South Carolina wins in Lexington, Kentucky in October... We're going to have plenty of fun with these comments that were made by Mark Stoops earlier this summer. Now, the second comment that I want to talk about here is actually a set of two different comments, one being made by defensive tackle Zach Piggins and another one being made by quarterback Luke Doty. After having some struggles in the first scrimmage against the defense, the offense apparently came out in the second scrimmage with the mindset that there would not be a repeat and decided to go from sideline to sideline in terms of getting the ball out in space during the scrimmage. And according to defensive tackle Zach Pickens, it may have caught the defense a little bit on their heels. Take a listen to what he had to say regarding this. Zach, going off of that scrimmage um, that you guys had the other day, was there anything you saw from the offense compared to that first scrimmage that you were particularly impressed by from the defensive perspective? Um, they did a lot of movement. <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out like how 
we was going to stay with it. We was just running sideline to sideline, just tired. So that's one thing we trying to work on, too, start getting so gassed. Now, that was what Zach Pickens had to say. In Luke Doty's presser, he was asked about these comments from Zach Pickens, and he talked about how attacking the outside perimeter has become a focal point for this offense for a while now in camp. And he definitely let it be known that the offense was definitely trying to get after the defense this past Saturday in the second scrimmage. Here's what he had to say. Luke Zach Pickens was just in here talking about how much y'all had the defense running sideline to sideline and everything during the scrimmage. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> I guess uh, we did. What was that kind of like? And uh, I guess when you guys are being able to move at that pace, I guess just what did that kind of bring, at least in terms of uh, what you guys were able to do offensively? Yeah, I think that just goes to show the kind of playmakers that we have. Um, you know, we can get guys out in space, um, you know, those those fast guys that no matter what, no matter what's out there, you know, they're with, with little grass, they're going to go get it. And, you know, they could turn a, what seems to be like a two yard gain into a, you know, a 12 yard gain. And that's something that's, that we've, you know, really tried to improve on is our perimeter game. Um, and, you know, going back to the scrimmage, they, they heated us up a little bit. So figured we'd make them pay for it, make them run a little bit. So, um, you know, we, we got better at that this camp. Um, I, I think we did perimeter drill, you know, like, two or three times a week, you know, as much as we could. And then we integrated that stuff um, into the team period. So that's just something, like I said, we, we just continue to get better on. And that's something we're going to, you know, be able to use uh, this season. All right. So my overall takeaway from these comments from Zach Pickens and Luke Doty is that it seems like that offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield is going to try and take advantage of the guys he has on this year's team at the skill positions. Now, I'll get more into the depth this team has later on in the show, especially at the wide receiver position, but I really want to focus on what Luke is talking about with creating opportunities for players to make plays. This past season, at least I believe, there was an interesting remark that was made by ESPN, NFL, and college football analyst Dan Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky played in the NFL for over a decade, and depending on who you ask, you may either think that he is one of the brightest football minds in terms of ESPN's analyst lineup, or you might think that he doesn't know a daggum thing about football, and you'd be surprised to know he did play in the NFL. But either way, I think Darylovsky knows his stuff. And he made a comment last year regarding, I believe, actually Clemson's offense and how ineffective it was at the start of the season. And he talked about how the thing that every offensive coordinator should aim to do is use every blade of grass on the field. Basically meaning that you need to utilize all the space on the field to your advantage, both horizontally and vertically. And that is what has set some offenses apart, both in college football and in the NFL. You look at what Alabama did back in 2020. They did this to great lengths. LSU in 2019, Joe Brady's offense also did this, especially over the middle of the field. You look in the NFL, the best example there is probably the Kansas City Chiefs offense with head coach Andy Reid, who is a great offensive mind. And Shane Bimmer mentioned at his presser yesterday that in today's game, you have to be able to make plays on the perimeter, whether you're on the offensive or defensive side of the ball. On offense, obviously trying to make guys miss and be able to get extra yards after the catch. On defense, being able to tackle in space, have the ability to be able to stop on a dime, be able to lower your shoulder and bring the guy down. And for everybody else, try to run over as quick as they can and gang tackle. So this is really important for South Carolina this year. And it seems like the offense is really emphasizing this in fall camp based off of these comments. 
Now, in just a couple moments, I'll go over a takeaway I had regarding a comment made by defensive tackle Alex Huntley that he made when talking about the differences between Coach Shane Beamer from last year to this year. But before I get into that real quick, I do need to pass along a message from our friends over at the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, who is the sponsor for today's show. Now, of course, we're all ready for football season, which will probably mean you're tailgating with family and friends, which could mean drinks for some maybe too many drinks. And as the festivities come to a close and people try to start going home, you may think of calling for a ride. But you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? Even so, what's the worst thing that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, or you even kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few too many drinks, you need to think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride from a friend or an Uber or Lyft. There's too many services out there for you to be going home and putting yourself and others in such a dangerous situation. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, and thank you once again for making us your first listen every day. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here. A seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season all in one spot. So search for Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So starting off segment two, I got my last main takeaway from the pressers from yesterday, along with some injury updates. Now, the comment I want to dive into real quickly comes from Alex Huntley, because when he was asked to describe the difference between Coach Beamer from this time last year to now, Huntley said there wasn't really anything different. But he did mention one tidbit about how Coach Beamer tries to keep things in perspective for the players on this football team. And it was really, really interesting stuff. So take a listen to what Alex had to say regarding this. What would you say, um, or how would you sort of describe the difference in Shane Beamer right now as compared to a, a year ago from now? Um, honestly, I wouldn't say it's much of a, a difference, honestly. I mean, I've always thought this about Coach Beamer. He's a real genuine guy, real He's going to be the same person in the building, outside the building, wherever it is. And so he's he's coming. If any if anything was different, I'd say he's bringing more energy. He's he's uh, just bringing better things to the game plan. One thing that I thought was really cool is he took notes last year on specific dates and practices. And he'll go back and tell us, like, hey, guys, last year around this time we didn't do – you know, so the things we need to do, this practice, let's not do that. So for him to be able to recollect last year's practice and then uh, inform us about it now is crazy and it helps a lot. All right, so after hearing this comment from Alex Huntley, my main takeaway is this. This comment goes to show how much Coach Beamer tries to teach humility, how to live in the moment, and how to avoid complacency in this football program. Now, if there's anything that all the great dynasties in college football, all the great football programs in the sport of football, period, do. It is avoid complacency and be able to live and think in the present moment. The one thing that can always derail a dynasty, that can take, that can separate the great 
athletes or sports teams from the elite ones is those who get complacent, they will be known as great players or coaches, whoever they may be. But the issue with so many people who end up reaching the mountaintop in their field, or in this case, their sport, is once people reach the mountaintop, they feel like at that point, they can kind of let their foot off the gas pedal because they have finally achieved their ultimate goal. They have won it all, whether it be a national championship, if it's, if it's a grand slam in tennis, if it's the Masters in golf. They have won what they have been seeking for so long. And once that happens, it's like, you know, they sort of feel like that there's nothing else they really have to do. And, you know, they've, they've done it. They have reached that mountaintop. Well, the thing is, as hard as it is to be able to do just that, it's even more difficult to be able to stay up on top and understand what it will take to repeat that, to get back. Because, again, some feel accomplished once they've done that, but others become hungry to do more. And in college football, we see this from none other than Nick Saban of Alabama. If the guy was complacent after he won his first ever national championship at LSU back in 2003, we wouldn't have seen this great dynasty that has taken place at Alabama for the last several years. Nick Saban probably would have maybe only won one or two more. But instead, Nick Saban continued to evolve and adapt and try to find ways to stay ahead of everybody else. Kirby Smart seemingly is trying to do the same thing now at Georgia. And he, and he now has a national championship to his name. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles the new set of pressure and consequences of success with that national title. So obviously, I'm not trying to compare Shane Beamer to Nick Saban and Kirby Smart here. But what I am saying is this. Shane Beamer coached under some of the best coaches in the previous generation of college football and some of the best of this current generation, one of them being Kirby Smart. So Shane Beamer, whether it be Kirby Smart or maybe even Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma, and maybe others as well, has seen what it takes, the mindset a program needs to have if they want to achieve the ultimate goals that they set out for their program. So this comment just goes to show you just how far he takes that by giving his players reminders of what they've done in the past, maybe why they only won seven games last year, and how, you know, hey, look, if you eliminate these things, if you're more responsible and more mature about going through these kind of days where you can have a slip-up because you think it's an off day, then we will achieve more in this program. That's my takeaway from this comment. I think it's great stuff here from Alex Huntley. All right, now moving on to the injury front real quick. I'll start off with the biggest news coming out of the second scrimmage, which was Chad Terrell, a wide receiver who was going to his sixth year in this program, has unfortunately torn his ACL. And it's this third ACL tear that he has now gone through during his time at South Carolina. And obviously he will now be out for the season. He will still be a part of this team in some capacity, according to Coach Shane Beamer. They haven't decided yet if he's going to take a medical hardship or not. Apparently, according to Coach Beamer, he's pretty much going to try to leave that up to Chad Terrell, not really try to force anything on him. But just real heartbreaking here for Chad Terrell, someone who had really um, just absolutely killed it in the spring game back in April in the role that he had of being sort of like a hybrid wide receiver slash tight end, basically kind of being like an H-back and looked like he could push for playing time this next year because he did that well. But with this ACL tear, you know, you do have to wonder if Chad Terrell is going to come back for a seventh year or not. Again, nothing official has been said yet. I want to make that clear. But that was the biggest piece of injury news from the second scrimmage. So really heartbreaking to hear about Chad Terrell. 
As far as current injuries are concerned, punter Kai Kroger and running back Christian Bill Smith are the two quote-unquote most concerning injuries, according to Coach Beamer right now. He is optimistic that both of these guys are going to be out there for next Saturday when we play Georgia State. I could probably agree with that on Kai Kroger's end. I'm not sure if I'm as confident to say that regarding Christian Bill Smith. Christian Bill Smith, as far as I know, is still on a scooter at this time. He could maybe be going from the scooter to a walking boot later in the week. Who knows? I did not catch that in any of the pressers from yesterday afternoon. But based on the kind of injury that he has had to his ankle that has seemingly taken him out for multiple weeks, I would be surprised if Christian Bill Smith, even if he's dressed up, even if he dresses out for the Georgia State game, gets a lot of snaps or really even plays at all. So... That is the latest on Kai Kroger and Christian Bill Smith. Linebacker Sherrod Green, he did practice yesterday. Uh, A media member asked about him because, of course, Sherrod Green has been banged up a little bit in fall camp. Coach Weaver did say that they are just trying to be smart with him because they know that he gets banged up like all the other guys do in fall camp. It's his sixth college football season, so he definitely understands the bumps and bruises that he's going to take throughout his season. And, of course, Sherrod Green has had his season prematurely ended because of injury the last two seasons. So seems like they're just trying to be cautious with Sherrod Green, but he is going to play in week one. And then running back Marshawn Lloyd was out of practice yesterday, apparently, uh, with the team, and is fine, according to Coach Beamer. He was pretty blunt about that compared to all the other ones. But, again, from what has been said, it does seem like that Marshawn Lloyd will also be out there for week one against Georgia State. So overall, pretty good news. Again, really sad news to hear about what's happened with Chad Terrell and Kai Kroger and Christian Will Smith right now, probably sort of up in the year with their status heading into week one against Georgia State. All right, welcome back to the final segment of today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your team Every single day. For the final segment of today's show, I want to talk about a couple of notable trends from some of these press conferences and the latest out of fall camp. And I want to start off with a comment that was made by wide receiver to carry on Joyner yesterday afternoon. When asked about the offense's struggles with inconsistency from the last couple of seasons, to carry on Joyner sort of real quickly dove into the fact that the wide receiver room was deeper this year and he feels like that, you know, there's a increased trust level between the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. Not that there was like significant trust issues, you know, the last couple years, but with this year, he says that, you know, the wide receiver room, there's just so many guys in there that can go out there and make plays. And so I wanted to sort of take a quick minute to talk about how it does kind of seem like in an odd way that out of all the positions on this offense heading into next year, the wide receiver room is getting vastly overlooked. And I get it. You know, when you have a guy like Jaheim Bell at the tight end position, who obviously won't play just tight end, but that's where he's listed. You bring in a guy like Austin Stogner out of Oklahoma, who obviously makes a lot of headlines nationally. At running back, you have all these guys in Christian Beal Smith, Marshawn Lloyd, who was a five-star recruit. So maybe got a little bit more notoriety coming out of high school compared to some of these other guys. And of course, Spencer Rattler, quarterback. When you think about all that, it's easy to see why this wide receiver room isn't talked about as much with how much better they could be this year. But y'all, if you're not thinking about this wide receiver position right now, you need to start taking notice because in my opinion, Joyner's right. The depth this year is so much better. You look at the wide receiver position heading into this season. You have guys like Josh Van, Antoine Willis Jr. out of James Madison, Corey Rucker out of Arkansas State, 
Dakarion Joyner, of course, Amarian Brown, Jalen Brooks is back with the team this year, Xavier Leggett, Omega Blake, and even true freshman Landon Sampson. That is nine guys right there. So if you're running a three wide receiver set, the South Carolina Gamecocks legitimately can go three deep at each wide receiver position in those kinds of formations, which is just crazy to hear. Because last year, the wide receiver rotation basically consisted of Josh Van, EJ Jenkins, on Joyner, Jalen Brooks, Amarian Brown, Trey Atkins, and Xavier Leggett. Only seven wide receivers that they could really rely on. And if you want me to be honest, no offense to the guys that we no longer have on this team compared to the guys we now have added this year, but... I would say that this 2022 group is a more talented group overall than the 2021 group that we fielded at wide receiver. And on Joyner is now the second wide receiver to note this, as Amari Brown mentioned this as well at a presser that he had about a week and a half, two weeks ago during fall camp. So bottom line, it seems like that this wide receiver group is going to help out this offense a lot more in 2022. And another broken record I got to address real quick is Nick Emanwari because this guy, from what everyone is saying out of Columbia right now, sounds like he is going to be the next star defensive back for the South Carolina Gamecocks. When asked who were some standouts on the defensive side of the ball in fall camp up to this point, wide receiver to carry on Joyner mentioned defensive back Nick Emanwari saying, quote, he's going to be a big time player. He jumps off the board, end quote. Safety Devonnie Reed was also asked about Nick Emanwari concerning the fact that he plays the same position. And he said, quote, I could say Nick is going to be probably one of the best DBs coming out of South Carolina these next few years. I'm glad he's on our side of the ball. He's going to be a great player, close quote. And Shane Beamer even, once again, really sung the praises of Nick Emanwari, along with freshman defensive back D.Q. Smith, who I believe played quarterback at Spring Valley in his senior year of high school just this past season, especially since both of these guys didn't play the safety position before arriving here. But Nick Emanwari is the guy I really want to discuss here because this guy has been brought up by seemingly almost everybody that has had a mic in front of them from this football team in fall camp. Guys that are on defense, guys that are on offense, guys that are on this coaching staff. Nick Eman Worry's name keeps getting brought up. I have to be honest, you know, again, I have not been alive probably as long as some of you have who are watching the show or listening to the show today. And I have seen some pretty solid defensive backs come through here, of course. You know, guys like Stephon Gilmore. We've seen guys like Captain Munderland come through these doors. You've also got guys like Devontae Holloman who played that hybrid spur position. Obviously, in recent memory, you have guys like Israel Mukwamu, J.C. Horn, and Rashad Fenn also played really well here as well. So the Gamecocks have developed a little bit of a history of developing defensive backs and sending them off to the NFL. So, of course, it seems like that every couple years, South Carolina is guaranteed to have a top-notch defensive back. This year, of course, it's Cam Smith, who some people project to be a first-round draft pick, and it seems like Nick Eman-Worry is next in line. So, bottom line, it sounds like that he is probably going to end up beyond the two deep. Nick Eman-Worry is going to play this year. He 
obviously he's probably going to play some special teams, but it seems like even on defense, he could end up seeing, you know, maybe somewhere between 10 to 20 snaps a game back there at safety. So going to be really fun to watch Nick Eamon worry and see what he can do for this defense, helping out as a true freshman this upcoming season. Just tells you a lot about the ability that he is bringing to the field. And then another thing I want to talk about is the overall mentality of this defense and how it seems like that they are on a mission this year. Running back Rashad Amos mentioned in his presser yesterday afternoon that the defense has been dominant all throughout fall camp and gave the offense a run for their money, admittedly, in the first scrimmage, and it really forced the offense to have to dial in and come back in the second scrimmage. And obviously, this has been talked about before. When you have fall camp and spring practice taking place, the defense is normally going to be at a competitive advantage simply because of the fact that, look, they know the offense's playbook. They also know that the offense is not going to literally throw out everything that they have at the defense in every single practice. So they're going to be able to get a memory bank of all of their baseline calls. The language that the quarterback uses with his offensive linemen, with his running backs, with his wide receivers, they're going to have all that down pat. And so it really makes it more difficult on the offense to be able to effectively work sometimes, honestly, in practice. And that was probably the case at the start of fall camp. It does, again, sound like the offense has, of course, bounced back a little bit, which, of course, we should hope is the case, at least based off what quarterback Luke Doty said in his presser that I mentioned earlier. But this defense sounds like that they are really on a mission this year in terms of their physicality and being able to change their mindset in terms of rush defense. Alex Huntley was asked about rush defense needing to get better yesterday, and he said that's been a point of emphasis for the defense heading into this year. Defensive tackle Zach Pickens talked about the defense and their performances in both scrimmages that they had, but he made the comment after that saying that we're trying to be a top three or top five defense. Now, he did not specifically mention if he meant just in the SEC or in the entire country. Either way, that would be a really solid jump for South Carolina. And this is a defense that already was kind of above average last year. They were solid in pass defense. They only gave up around 24 points per game, which I think ranked 43rd in the country. The rush defense department was the one main area where the Gamecocks seemed to have some struggles. But... It seems like that basically the Gamecocks defense isn't satisfied with what they did last year, and they want to do better. And seeing what the offense has added heading into the 2022 season, the defense has to feel pretty confident that if they can just go out there and do their job, get themselves off the field, not allow drives to be extended in games against opponents like Arkansas, like Georgia, like Kentucky, be able to slow down Tennessee's offense in November later this season, then this defense can help to be a catalyst for maybe springing a couple of upsets that people did not see coming. And so, bottom line, it seems like that this defense has a certain mentality heading into this upcoming football season, and that with all the experience and talent that they are bringing back, and of course that they have added for this year's team, that this defense is ready to take a step forward in 2022. So a lot of exciting stuff here from these pressers yesterday. What are y'all's thoughts on the comments that I mentioned on today's show? What do you think about the defense? How do you feel about the wide receiver depth that we have this year? How do you feel about the overall depth at the skill positions? What are your thoughts about what Luke Doty said about trying to attack the perimeter more on offense this season? Do you feel like that this means that Marcus Satterfield is really going to work harder in order to try to get the ball out to multiple guys on this offense in order to keep them sort of multidimensional with their personnel usage? I want to hear all of y'all's thoughts on all of these topics in the comments section down below if you're watching this on YouTube. 
But of course, if you're listening to today's show on an audio podcast app, wherever you get your podcast daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at a lion underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see them. And of course, if you've enjoyed the Locked On Gamecocks podcast and you want to get more news on the entire SEC conference, then make Locked On SEC your second listen every day, where host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Locked On take you across the entire SEC in just 30 minutes. So again, make Locked On SEC your second listen after, of course, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But once again, y'all, that's going to do it for me on today's show. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.